Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right. Yeah. Our roster looks great on paper. Whoop the hell. Whoop the hell. All right. But at the end of the day, we better be a good team. And you start building that during this time of the year. Get your sorry ass up! Get your sorry ass up! Doing a lot of talking with somebody that ain't do shit today. Doing a lot of talking. Do you think you're better than Jarrell Revis is right now? I'm better than you. My 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you. Dang, dang! Time to go to work! I ain't never sick! I ain't never seen you before, huh? Back up, Tanner Coach, you need some help. We gonna expose you, boy. All right, we coming at your ass. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Let's go! Let's go! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. Proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTF Podnet on Twitter. You can find me, your host, Matthew Bruning, at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. We are just one of a ton of great podcasts associated with this network. Some of the most recognizable names are Jim Day of FF Champs, Corey Parsons and Dr. Roto from Sirius XM Radio, and Bob Lung of The Consistency Show and the award-winning Fantasy Football consistency guide and the creator of the Midwest Fantasy Expo. You can find all of us on fulltimefantasy.com, your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. We at the Roundtable are also excited to be partnering with ExpandTheBoxScore.com. You can find them at XTBoxScore on Twitter. They have some of the best NFL and college football stats in the business. College football stats are extremely hard to find and authenticate, and they do a great job. Not only do they have some of the easier stats to find, receiving yards, rushing yards, and the lot, and the such, but they also have in-depth red zone stats, team scrimmage yard distributions, and dominator ratings. It is some of the best stats that you can find, some of the best advanced stats that you can find. If you follow me on Twitter and you see a lot of the stuff that I do with the prospects, everything I get on those are from Expand the Box Score. It is well worth your time and money. And if you want to join on and get a membership, it is uh, just $15 a year, and you can get 10% off that if you use our code ROUNDTABLE. So definitely check them out if you like to look into the college game and get a head start on the prospects for the draft. And for today, Today's episode, we are going to jump in and talk about the NFL Combine. It obviously starts going on, or the drills start going on here later this week. They've got some of the weighing and, I believe, interview stuff going on now. We've got Dennis and Matt on standby here. They're about to jump on, and we're going to talk about some of the prospects that we think could improve their stock and who we're excited to watch go through the drills and do everything this weekend. We've got Mr. Dennis Bennett with us today. You can find him at culture underscore coach. Dennis, how was your weekend? 
I'm doing fantastic, despite catching a cold over the weekend and some gray, dreary, 42-degree rainy weather. You know, all things are looking good as we head towards the Combine, and I can't hardly wait. Yeah, I was going to say, it might have been better if you got sick this coming weekend, so you'd have an even better excuse to lay around and watch some of the Combine stuff, which is what we are going to talk about today. Before we get to that, let's introduce our other guest, Mr. Matthew Fox, who you can follow on Twitter at Nighthawk7734. Matt, how was your weekend, and how are you doing today? Uh, weekend was pretty good. Um, we actually had a, a touch better weather, uh, although today we got a squall warning. Uh, for snow coming off the mountain, um, that was a little upsetting because squalls are usually what you think of happening if you take your sailboat in the wrong direction in the ocean. But, uh, you know, just another exciting uh, Monday, I guess. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, my dad posted something about that on uh, Facebook earlier. I guess that came down, was it like an hour or so ago, something like that, that that popped up? All right, so we just had the week uh, week three of the XFL get completed here on Sunday, and as we've talked about many times here, Matt, you do a lot of the previews and reviews for the FLA blog, so give us a breakdown of what we saw in week three and how, unfortunately, our uh, D.C. defenders got uh, their butts kicked this weekend. Well, you know, uh, since since they started the XFL, they've been making a big deal about the fact that Cardale Jones had never lost a game in either college or the professional ranks as a starter. So I guess if you were going to lose one, pulling the full Jake DeLome might be at least memorable. And that's kind of unfortunately what happened. Uh, the defenders played the last game of the weekend Sunday afternoon in L.A., and it was never close. They lost 39 to 9. Cardale ended up getting benched through four interceptions, just looked out of sync all day, which was kind of a bummer. Um, but it was kind of a fascinating weekend. I think the big riser for me uh, in this third week was the St. Louis Battlehawks. Uh, they look like they're really kind of getting it together. It was their first home game. A lot of great energy uh, in the early game on Sunday. I thought that was pretty good. Dallas uh, continued kind of some strong momentum that they had built the first week. And, of course, Houston just looks like they're going to be the team to beat so far. So uh, getting pretty exciting. We had our first kickoff return for a touchdown. So new and fascinating things happening every week in the XFL. Yeah, I'm excited uh, to see if the defenders can bounce back next week. Uh, that was I didn't only I only really got to watch yeah. one game this week, uh, which was uh, might have ended up being the best game from what I hear. But the the Houston Roughnecks and the Tampa Bay Vipers was the one game that I was able to watch yep. this weekend. It was actually really good. I was kind of a little worried going into the game with as bad as Tampa Bay had been the first two weeks that they were going to get blown out by Houston in that offense, but they kept with it. So I was, uh, was kind of excited to, to watch the game. It was really good. As I've said many times now, and I think two more weeks, I'll be at the Dallas Renegades New York Guardians game, which is shaping up to not be a good game with as bad as the Guardians have looked now since that first game. Yeah. Like They looked good that first week, but have really kind of – falling off here in the second half so i'm excited to go see that in person though here once it kicks off and i'm hoping it continues to trend upwards i know uh they're talking about it this morning on the radio that uh while the tv uh the tv ratings have kind of fluctuated between what they were week one and week two which is not a bad thing the the live attendance has actually gone up since week one which is a good thing obviously you want people to continue going to your game so the fact that uh, a lot of people are still going to the games and everything is a good thing hopefully we can continue to see the xfl grow here 
All right, yeah. so uh, we are we're talking about combine stuff today. So we're just going to dive right into it. We've got a couple guys here and there that we're going to talk about. Uh, just kind of give you guys an idea of what we're looking at, and who we're looking at for this week. Uh, I just want to get an idea from you guys. Um, how how does this evaluating the the combine affect prospect values for you, or how much do you put into put it into the evaluations? Obviously, at least I would hope it doesn't. Uh, complete the evaluation it's not something that completely changes the evaluation of a prospect but what does it do for you i'll kick it off to you matt what what does the combine do for you when you're evaluating prospects so i think for me personally for fantasy i don't know if the combine changes a lot of uh you know my thoughts i i'm usually a bigger proponent of seeing where these guys get drafted because you know talent is one part of the equation for them but I also think the actual NFL opportunity is a, is another big piece of it. Um, so for me, I usually don't really finish up who I'm high on or, or rankings completely until we see where they go uh, to real NFL teams. But what I think of as the combine, the combine almost feels like the sports equivalent of the beauty pageant. Um, you know, you have the portion where they get to show their talent. Uh, you have the portion where they have to just model and look pretty. I mean, uh, if you guys follow uh, social media today, Joe Burrow, of course, great, yeah. great tweet about <laughs> yeah. contemplating retirement because apparently his hands were too small to hold a football. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of that evaluation of, of how you look like. And then they do interviews and stuff. And I think what the real what's really fascinating about the combine is you end up uh, getting a sense of these guys either being risers or followers or locking in how teams feel about them going into the draft. I think the the more exciting part is you start to get a better feel for how teams feel about these guys and where they might actually land and landing spots. You know, you can have guys that, that fluctuate wildly. I think of like DK Metcalf last year, you know, where when they were doing the physical measurements, it was just unreal. And then he did a couple of drills and it was like, oh, well, he's not going to be able to run any routes. And of course, Seattle takes a chance on him and you see he has a good season. So for me, I don't know if from a fantasy perspective it does a lot, but it's really fascinating to see how they complete this piece and kind of to get an idea of where they might go in the draft. What about you, Dennis? What's kind of your thought process around the the combine? For me, it's I, it, it lets me see just exactly how big or how small they are. They're a, a, the the beauty contest part of it is probably to me one of the best things because you want to know is the guy six four or is he six two? You know, two is six foot. I would have, I would have much preferred for him to be six one, but at six foot, I think he's going to be just fine as an NFL quarterback. Uh, you know, he kind of strikes me as somebody that could maybe be that uh, left-handed Drew Brees type of player. Pretty good arm, good accuracy, uh, very, very heady and very smart. And so, I, would I like him? Would have, would I have liked him to be bigger? Yeah, but I also, you, you know, when I'm looking at like Joe Burrow or Jake Fromm, Fromm's hands were eight and three quarters. And it immediately my mind went when I thought about Jake Fromm's game, my mind immediately comped him to John Kitna. And and I went and looked up Kitna's th- stats and I because there were times I thought, you know, Kitna was a he was an OK quarterback, not a world 
quarterback, and I looked at his stats, and he had like 129 touchdowns and 126 interceptions. One season, he had like 12 TDs and 20 interceptions. And then I thought, mm, I don't know if I want that for Fromm. So when I look at the combine, it's kind of, you know, it'll be interesting this year with the new drills. But with the, the receivers, you want to see are they how do they catch the ball when it's thrown. They're working with quarterbacks they're not used to. But are they using good form, catching the ball away from their body? Running backs are a little bit different, unless you're talking about the, uh, the, the pass catching. Because there's a lot of things you can't you can't simulate great vision in drills. It's it's just too difficult. Um, but you you can simulate catching passes with your hands versus your body. So that's going to be something that uh, I, I don't put a lot of stock in the combine. Often it you know reaffirms some of my preconceived notions that I've developed or whether they're for or against a particular player. But then a lot of it, you know, it really comes down to uh, draft capital. If if I love a guy and think he should be a first or second rounder and he doesn't go until the, you know, sixth or seventh round, I've got to reassess how how I feel about a player because he's not going to get the opportunity that an early round pick. You know, Hakeem Butler is a great example. We we loved him, some of us more than others, but people were generally pretty high on him. And then he was a later draft pick. And there's not a lot of impetus on the team to push him up the, the depth chart. He's got to earn it now versus, you know, somebody like uh, who was a higher pick for them. Andy uh, Isabella. Yeah, he wasn't that much higher, though, was he? Yeah, I think he went two rounds ahead of him. If I remember oh. correctly, somebody asked me about would that would I trade Isabella for her today, and I was like, "Yeah, I would," but <laughs> just let it be known, though, I'm a noted anti-Isabella guy. So, yeah, as am I, because I'm I'm that Hakeem Butler guy you were just talking about. I love me that kid. He's gonna he's gonna break out this year. Just you watch. Yeah, I'm 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 right there with both of you guys. It doesn't uh <clears throat> it doesn't affect anything for me. I like watching it. My goodness. And uh, I t- it goes into my evaluation, but it doesn't make anybody, it doesn't move anybody up my draft board or drop anybody off my off my draft board. You know something, Matt? You mentioned earlier, so many people when they saw that uh, that three cone drill from DK Metcalf last year, all of a sudden just dropped them all the way down their boards. It was like, oh well, he can't run any routes. And and I know we said it on this podcast. It doesn't matter because he runs a couple routes very good, and if he goes to the right place and they use him the right way, he's going to be a stud. And that happened with Seattle, and that that goes to Dennis's point there, where landing spot is is the biggest key here. So that that'll that will affect some players. For me, obviously, once we see where they land, uh, but I love to watch the process just to kind of see if. The biggest thing for me is if I see somebody do something uh, on Combine weekend that I'd, I'd never, or I didn't expect to see, or maybe it makes me go watch somebody I wasn't expecting to go watch. Like that's the one thing that it might change for me. Maybe I'll see. Anthony McFarlane run a, a lot faster forward or do really good in the running back drills. I'm like, all right, let me go back and watch him a little bit more because I have him, you know, he's in my top 10, but I'm not that high on him. Uh, maybe it makes me go back and look more at him and see maybe if I'm missing something. So that's kind of what I use the combine for. 
Let's jump in and talk about the the QBs, though. They are kind of what makes uh, the NFL world go round. Maybe not necessarily our fantasy teams, depending on if you play in a super flex or not. Uh, but just give us some of the guys that you're interested to see what we do here, or what they do. I'm sorry, we're not doing anything. What they do uh, this weekend at the Combine, which I believe starts Thursday. They're doing a lot of the measurable stuff and everything uh, right now. Like Matt mentioned, you can go on Twitter and find guys uh, who are putting out their the BMIs, their sizes, and all that stuff. That is all being done here in the next couple days with interviews and then the actual drills and everything I believe start Thursday night so we'll kick it off we'll let Dennis go first on this one Dennis the quarterback or quarterbacks that you are looking forward to watching this weekend well first and foremost I want to watch Tua uh, he, he's my QB one right now uh, and, and I mean I don't think he's gonna do much in the way of drills yeah he's not doing any drills I believe he's just doing so, interviews and, and the medical stuff you know, I don't know if he'll throw it all, uh, you know, from a standstill or anything. So, you know, but I want to see how he fits in the environment. It, you know, he's, he's, I think he's going to be the best quarterback out of the class. I love his college production. Um, but you can't completely overlook the injury history. He's had a couple fluky injuries and, and, and you're, you're injury prone until you're not is kind of how the old, the old saying goes. So I, I want to get a better read for him. You know, one guy I had uh, higher than most was Cole McDonald out of Hawaii. So I'm interesting to watch and see how well does he throw the ball uh, with these receivers he's not used to. Is he able to adjust his timing to get on the same page with them? Uh, that's those are really the top two for me. You know, Burrow's there, but you know, I saw a little bit of him when he was at Ohio State and. You know, he's been all over the TV for the past couple of years. So uh, him and Tua, you know, we've seen a lot of. I just want to uh, – uh, Cole McDonald is the guy for me. What about you, Mr. Fox? Who's the quarterback that you're looking forward to watching? Yeah, it's probably similar to uh, Dennis with uh, Tua. I think Burrow has seemed like he's uh, atop the rankings for quite a while. He jokes about him Having two small hands, notwithstanding, obviously you can see they might be trying to punch some holes into him. But he seems—he seemed for a while like he's kind of fixated at the top. I'm curious to see what we see of Tua. Obviously, the the big injury, a lot of questions uh, surrounding him, and then you know I'm really interested to see um, how the rest of the field behind bro starts to shape up i think post come and you'll really start to get a fix of where like guys like from and herbert and love and to uh, you know where they're gonna end up in people's overall rank yeah so uh, obviously um you know to uh, he's gonna be the guy that everybody's looking forward to talking to he's gonna i'm sure get interviewed by probably every single team maybe not because i know there's some teams that whether they have their quarterback or they're drafting so far back in the round they know he's not gonna last there uh, so they may not really worry about uh interviewing him obviously the medicals for him is what everybody's going to be talking about this weekend how good to whom his medicals look uh, i know i heard an interview of him uh, a couple weeks ago talking about how he got all his news back there was stuff on twitter as well about it uh, that everything looks as healthy as it can be i saw a video of him walking today was barely walking with a limp uh, so I, I, it looks like he's going to be good to go i doubt he participates in any of the drills 
Uh, for me, it, it's uh, a couple guys. Uh, Dennis mentioned Cole McDonald out of Hawaii. I'm interested to see what he does uh, in his drills. Again, we talked about him on our quarterback episode. I don't have him in my top 12, uh, but there's a lot of people who do. So I really kind of want to watch him this week and see what he does uh, so I can go back and, and analyze him a little bit more. Uh, and then just three guys that I've been really high on throughout this process. I'm interested to see how they do this weekend. Uh, and that's Nate Stanley out of Iowa, Jordan Love out of Utah State, and my guy Justin Herbert out of Oregon. I just kind of want to see how they handle this weekend and what they look like in the drills and everything. Herbert coming off a Herbert and Love really both coming off really good senior bowls. Uh, can they keep moving that stock forward uh, with really good combines? Uh, which is going to lead me into my next question, and I'll kick it off. Uh, who do you think can help their stock with a, with a really good uh, weekend? And I'm going to keep it with those same four guys. Uh, if if all four of those guys have really good combines, I think their stock is going to continue to move up. Uh, and one other guy that I'm adding there is Jalen Hurts. Uh, Hurts uh, did. Not look good in the Senior Bowl. There's been a lot more questions about him. If he can come out here in the combine, run good, and actually do really good in the in the passing uh, challenges or well as the the passing skill set stuff, uh, I think he could start to raise his stock back up a little bit because it took a little bit of a hit in that Senior Bowl week. Uh, Matt, what about you? Who are who are some of the guys that you think if they have really good Senior Bowls can boost themselves up and kind of come in there behind Burrow? Yeah, see, I, you know, I think Burrow is, is where he's going to be, and at Tua, it's going to be more of a question of medical and, and what people want to take a chance on. But I think you're looking at that kind of group right behind him um, from Herbert, Love, uh, a guy like Hertz. I, I think the combine is where they can move themselves up and down on that ladder. And I feel like one of the best parts of the combine, which probably should have said when I was talking about the combine, is – well, I don't think a bad combine performance can completely knock out a top um, guy. The, it feels like there's always a couple of people that come out of nowhere uh, in the combine and just nail the combine, and that gets them really in the draft conversation. So I'm always curious to see who those kind of people are going to be. Dennis, you got any guys you think can improve their stock this weekend? Yeah, you know, I – Jacob Eason probably. I think he's got to to prove that he can throw it more than just fast. I think he's got to show some touch. I think if he shows some touch, he might be able to improve his stock some. And he's a big kid with a big arm. Uh, I I got to be honest. Jalen Hurts is probably going to be the Andy Isabella of this draft for me. And and I just don't see any real reason to have him. Uh, on my team, uh, I, I don't think I, I'm just not buying it. I don't care how good a combine he has, how good of uh, uh, I, I don't buy it. I think he's gonna be a career backup with a short career. Uh, is so I I'm not big on Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know, Jake Fromm, I I liked his steadiness. Uh, you can't really show that when you're doing drills in shorts. So for him, I think he, if he can show some zip on the ball, uh, that might uh, boost him up a little bit. But I think he's going to be in that QB4 to QB6 range. Um, you know, Tony Romo had under nine-inch hands. So there, there's a few quarterbacks that, that had, you know, Michael Vick's hands were under nine-inch. Um and while Fromm is not the athlete Vic is, he, he could very well be the athlete that uh, Tony Romo was. So uh, 
it'll be interesting to watch. I'm looking forward to the process. Yeah, I agree with you there. Let's talk about the running backs, kind of the the lifeblood of our fantasy football teams. Uh, this class is is was a lot deeper with running backs up until a lot of guys unfortunately decided to go back at or back to school. Uh, still a yeah, lot I, of I saw a tweet the other day somebody talking about how shallow the the class is this year. I don't know about shallow, but it's definitely not as deep as it was. I mean, you could easily, uh, you know, all of us were talking about. I would say going five, six, maybe even seven deep in the first round, and I, I kind of feel like you. Looking at my ranks when I was looking at them, like after probably running back seven, I'm starting to get a little bit of questions about myself if I even really want to draft those guys. So it's definitely taking a hit with the guys that went back. There's still a lot of guys here, uh, and there's a lot of guys I think that could have good combines that actually start to make a little bit of a name for themselves, guys that I think are getting a little overlooked. So, uh, well, since we went with, uh, did we go Dennis? We went Dennis first last time. So, Matt, I'll go to you first. Who are some of the running backs that you're looking forward to watching this weekend? Well, I have the 101 in uh, two leagues, and I have a 102 and 103 in about four other leagues. So I'm really kind of excited to watch the the top three guys, um, Akers, Swift, Dobbins. Uh, seems like no matter who you look at uh, on Twitter or some of these rankers, they all have them slightly different. Curious to see what the combine does and where the rankings fall coming out of that. And then, of course, see where they end up falling because, you know, on, on most of those teams where I have high picks, running back is really the position I'm looking to hammer. What about you, Dennis? Yeah. I, I have the 101 in one league. And I got to be honest, I, I'm trying to trade it because I, I, I feel like I can get pretty close to equal value at 104 105 maybe even 106 in this league it's 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 uh, a league with no flexes it starts two quarterbacks and two tight ends so the downside is one guy has nine first round picks oh my goodness i wish <laughs> and so he's like yeah i mean after i pick first he's got two three four five six and seven and it's like, I'm like, you know, what about, what are you thinking about like the one five and the one twelve? And he's like, oh, it's a fair, fair offer, but no, I think I'll sit tight. Like, Man, I, I hope he falls in love with somebody and I can find out who it is and convince him, hey, that's who I'm going to take too and, and, and get him to trade, but <laughs> probably not. So that means I have to take the 101 there and, and uh, we'll have to see, see what it looks like. Uh, I, I want to see how some of these guys uh, run. Uh, you know, Dobbins doesn't look like he has very good long speed, but there's a plaque up at Ohio State that he's, you know, supposedly ran like a four three six or something like that, 40, and I'm like, mm, I didn't see that on the field. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. You know, Cam Akers, he looks like he's got legitimate long speed. Taylor does. Uh, you know, DeAndre Swift, I'm not sure I'm buying him as the 101 for running backs. He's falling on a lot of people's boards, it seems. You know, I'm I'm looking more right now at my the second half of my first my, my top 12, and I, I want to see guys like uh, LaMichael P. Ryan and and Keyshawn Vaughn, Zach Moss, see how they do. Uh, you know, a guy who's really been falling lately has been Eno Benjamin. So it'll be interesting to see how he weighs in and how he runs, how he performs here. Can he start to rehabilitate his stock some? Uh, 
uh, you know, you mentioned Anthony McFarland earlier. He should run run a good time and, and perform well in the passing drills. So that'll be interesting. And then out of Cincinnati, a small school guy, Michael Warren, who uh, pre-combine, I have him at, at uh, RB9. Um, but he's going to have to show that he's got, you know, if he can run under a 4-6, I think that, uh, that that's going to put him in pretty good shape because he – He's good. Uh, he's a pretty good all-around back, and he's got real good size. Yeah, I mean, you touched on a couple of the guys that I'm I'm really looking forward to watching uh, this weekend. So, uh, Eno Benjamin, a guy that you just mentioned, Anthony McFarland, Zach Moss. I kind of want to see how they do. Again, 40s. I think it matters more for running backs than it does wide receivers because there's a better chance that you're running 40 yards straight as a running back than you are a wide receiver. Uh, it does matter somewhat for those deep threat wide receivers, but running backs, once you get that break, if you can get that home run speed like you were mentioning with Dobbins, which I agree with you, I don't think he has. I'd be interested to see what he runs. I don't think it's going to be a 4-3-6. Uh, but uh, Dobbins, I'm not really looking to watch the big, uh, the main guys for me this weekend. I kind of know those guys. I've, I've, I've got got my ranking set for the most part on those guys landing spot will change them but I I think I mean Akers Dobbins Taylor Swift those guys are the top guys Vaughn in my opinion is right up there with them they're not going to change right now Uh, so I'm looking at more of the lower end guys like you mentioned Eno Benjamin Anthony McFarland Zach Moss is a guy who's right outside my top five that I'm interested to see how he does this weekend because a lot of people are really high and I actually saw a couple threads today uh, of guys that have him up at their 1-1, which is insane to me, but maybe, again, it's something I'm missing. I want to go back and look at Crazy talk. That's, <laughs> Zach Moss at 101 is absolute crazy talk. I, I don't disagree with you, but, you know, I, I mean, I was a guy who was pumping up Ronald Jones a couple years ago, and then people were, you know, uh, they, I didn't see anybody telling me that was crazy talk then, and it turns out it was. Those, so. those folks need to call a cab. They're drunk. <laughs> uh, but a couple other guys. <laughs> hey, that speaking I'm, uh, of that, maybe yeah. we – we should have our own drinking game for when Matt squeezes in his love for Ronald Jones. <laughs> oh, I have to. It's got to be you guys would be drunk by 30 minutes in. I can promise you that. Just tell me what episode we're doing it on, and I promise you guys it'll end badly for everybody involved. Uh, so a couple of the other guys, though, real quick before we move on to the stock question. Uh so, and I'm again, here we go with me butchering names. I have, I have no idea how to say his first name, but I know how to say his last name. I think it's Salvon Ahmed out of Washington. Uh, he's a guy who I think has a really good speed, uh, really good pass uh, pass catcher as well. Uh, I'm, I'm a little interested to see what he weighs in at and what he does in the combine stuff. Because uh, I think he's a guy who could really jump up boards. J.J. Taylor out of Arizona. And uh, A.J. Dillon, he's a guy who is very controversial. You have some people, it seems like nobody thinks he's going to be okay. It's either he sucks or he's going to be really good. Uh, so I'm interested to see what he does this weekend uh, to kind of see what what he does. And, and I'm interested to everything that he does there. So who uh, is there anybody here that you think, uh, I guess we all kind of answered the stock question. Dennis, you threw out there, uh, McFarlane and Benjamin. Uh, Matt, is there anybody you think might boost some stock this weekend? Well, I think it's really about, like you said, not – the guys that we know of, kind of the top five guys, but seeing who can establish themselves and get themselves more in the combin- in the conversation based on how they do in the combine. Yeah, I think, you know, someone like Darrington Evans out of Appalachia State, I think he's, he's you know, a small school guy. Uh, Xavier Jones, you know, he's, he's shown real good speed uh, in gameplay, so... It'll be interesting to see how he holds up. I think they're having, aren't they having Antonio Gibson work as a, a wide receiver? 
Uh, I'm not sure. I have not guy seen out of that. Memphis. Um, but he's he's been he's been one that uh, you know people have talked about, and then looks like they're they're having him work as a wide receiver. Um, and then Josh Kelly out of uh, UCLA. He, he's one that some people are higher on uh, that I think potentially could. Um, you know, maybe do something uh, in the in the draft process. So, AJ Dillon, I, I'm pretty down on him, and maybe that's maybe I have too many thoughts of Andre Williams when I think of AJ Dillon. You know, this big back out of Boston College. But is there any any thought that maybe AJ Dillon is more Jordan Howard than Andre Williams? You know, if he can come in and, and perform. You know, 225, 250 carries at 4.2 a pop. And that's going to be, you know, there's there's a use for that two-down grinder still in the NFL, especially as more and more teams are going to multiple back backfields. So, you know, Dylan might be able to, to boost his stock a little in the process. Yeah, another guy that uh, I meant to mention earlier, and I actually kind of forgot about until you brought those guys up, uh, DJ Dallas, uh, Garrett Price, one of the the well-known guys over at Dynasty Nerds. He's really been propping him up. Uh, he's another guy I'm really interested to see run this weekend, see see what he does. Yeah, so for the wide receivers, my favorite position in the NFL and, and one of my favorite positions uh, to study, we've got a ton of of great players in this uh, combine. I mean, it, it might be one of the most exciting combines for this position alone uh, uh, that I can think of in recent memory. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and hit it first, just give you guys it, because I've got a bunch of guys, so I don't want to hold up too much time here. Uh, but guys that I'm really excited watching, I'm, you know, Lamb, Judy, Rager, Ruggs, all those guys, I know they're going to do good. Uh, I'm not really interested in watching them because, they're, again, their value is really not going to change for me. Outside of, like, Rager, who I think is going to be the fastest guy here, unless he comes in and runs like a 4-7, that, that'll open my eyes to something, but I doubt that happens. Uh, so I'm looking at some of the lower-end guys, the guys that I really like, that I'm interested to see how they do, not just in the drills, uh, but they're running a, a Brandon Ayuk, Omar Bayless out of Arkansas State, uh, Ayuk out of Arizona State. Uh, Man, did you see Ayuk has an 80-inch wingspan? Dude, it's ridiculous. He, I'm telling you, him and – I haven't had a chance – I don't know if – I'm assuming Hodgins has already done his. Uh, he's another guy that I think is going to have like a the big wingspan and huge catch radius. Like Ayuk is getting a lot of hate right now because they, they don't think he's going to be fast and that he couldn't outproduce Nikhil Harry and all this stuff. He's going to be a good wide receiver, especially if he lands on the, lands on the right team. Uh, a couple other guys, Lynn Bowden Jr. I'm interested to see what he does. He's a guy who's played running back, quarterback, and wide receiver in college. Uh, so I'm really interested to see how he handles the combine. Uh, Chase Claypool out of uh, Notre Dame. Aaron Fuller out of Washington. K.J. Hamler out of Penn State. Denzel Mims out of uh, uh, Baylor, uh, LaVisca Chenault, he's kind of one of the high-end guys, but I'm just, I'm interested to see what he does, because the dude's built like a tank, and I'm interested to see how fast he runs, and then my guy, Isaiah Hodgins, he's, he's my favorite prospect in this entire draft, I'm really excited to see how he handles it, and, and a sneaky guy that I'm really interested to watch is Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's a, a guy who is like a top, oh, I know, oh. I hate talking about the team up north, but, uh, he was, a he was the number one rated prospect out of high school when he came into college, and I think we can all admit 
admit that playing with Shea Patterson is probably bad for anybody's career, including if, you know, even Jerry Rice had played with him. Uh, so I'm interested to see how he handles this weekend because he could be a guy that, due to his college production with a bad quarterback, a lot of people are sleeping on. If he comes out, runs fast, does really good in the drills, uh, he might be a guy that I'd be interested in grabbing late. Uh, but I want to see what he does this weekend because it's hard to find good plays on tape. But a lot of that I do think is because of the bad quarterback play. Uh, so, Dennis, who are some of the wide receivers that you're looking forward to watching this weekend? Well, I, I was looking forward to watching Tyler Johnson, but he's, uh, you know, he's not going to run. He's uh, he's going to do the drills, and and we we know he's a good red zone threat. So there's a, a little bit of uh, 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 iffiness there. Uh, who was it? I think Chris Stoops. Somebody tweeted out. Uh, about, oh gosh, who was it that blew the, uh, oh, uh, the defensive lineman from Florida last year? Oh, uh, I have no idea. I'm trying to find what's Anyways, he, he basically completely tanked his, his whole combine combine process. You know, then, it, then he followed it up with, well, here, hold my beer. Tyler Johnson said that. So, <laughs> you know, after leaving the senior bowl to prepare for the combine and then come to the combine and oh, I'm not going to run, I'm going to do that in my pro day and stuff. He's basically saying, "Man, I am slow as fuck. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna, I need to go. So I, I, I'm gonna find some place where it doesn't feel like it's downhill to everybody else before I run. Um, you know, it, this class seems to have a lot of big dudes in it. A lot of these six three, two hundred and ten, two hundred and twenty pound guys. And so, keeping an eye on how they run is going to be important." Uh, Game speed is completely different than 40 speed. I get it. But when you have some of these guys that need to build their stock in any way that they can, you know, Ayuk, I, I currently have him as my wide receiver 14, uh, Hodgins at 13. It'll be interesting to see sort of how this shakes out. I don't know that they're going to move up. Uh, KJ Hamler, he's somebody that I think is going to run fast, but he's like five foot eight. And yeah. weighed what one hundred and seventy eight pounds. Yeah, man, I, I that I that's a guy that I don't see myself investing in. I mean, it's it's great to say oh the next Tyreek Hill or something, but man, Tyreek Hill is a unicorn. Um, guys down down there a little further, I'm interested to see. Now I want to see Lynn Bowden, you know, catch passes and run drills. He was a Swiss Army knife at Kentucky, and he. Uh, he really, he, they didn't do him any favors when their quarterback went down and had him go play quarterback. Uh, it, it, you know, it's tough to catch passes when you're playing quarterback. Uh, Devin DuVernay out of Texas, I want to see how well he does. Um, you know, those are really the guys. I know Clay Chapel came in weighing almost 240 pounds. I've seen a little bit of uh, talk about people going, he should go full on Darren Waller. You know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, really, I want to see, I want to see the fast guys run fast, and I want to see the big guys run fast. Then let's see if they can catch the ball. I don't think anybody's going to displace CD Lamb as my wide receiver one, though. Hey, I'm just glad you have CD Lamb as your wide receiver one, like me, Matt. What about you? Who's some of the wide receivers you're watching? Well, selfishly for uh, for Denver, Denver's been linked uh, to possibly drafting a wide receiver uh, at the top, and um, 
you know, I'm curious, you know, want to watch Lamb and Judy, but I guess for me, one of the things that I've been fascinated by on Twitter the last few weeks is it seems to be really in vogue to uh, dump on Henry Ruggs. So kind of curious to see if he does anything at the combine that will, will change all that uh, or maybe change some people's perception. But it seems like it, uh, at least, you know, from what I followed in my, in my feed that there have been a lot of people that have kind of turned a real negative sentiment toward his pro prospects. It's been kind of interesting to watch. And those are the kind of people that really need, you know, that can't really afford any slip ups. So uh, be curious to see how he does. And, and uh, kind of on the flip side, it seems like Jalen Rager has been a real riser, you know, can he keep, keep going uh, with a strong combine? Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, some of the guys you mentioned, on the, the, you know, going further down, kind of curious to see what they're, you know, what they're doing, if they can improve prospects. Yeah, I mean, man, I did a, I did a mock draft last week with uh, Gridiron Scholar John Lobb uh, over for Football Diehards. And I'll tell you, I got Jalen Rager at the one, 109. I don't have any, or no, yeah. 111 it yeah. was. I don't have any hope whatsoever that I'm going to get Jalen Rager at the 111 in any single draft this year. I don't know, man. I really think it's going to depend on these running backs. I could honestly see, you know, we just talked about a couple of guys, like if Moss has a good combine and then say he lands with a good team, you're going to, it, it's going to push those guys like Rager further, further down, which is insane when you say that. But it's think about it. If you have, say, you know, six or seven running backs go in the first eight picks, then all of a sudden you have – so assume Lamb goes. Well, all of a sudden you have Judy who's still available, and you know you have other people who don't have Rager as high as we do. I mean, I have Rager as my two above Judy. Uh, some people don't have Rager that high. So depending on the dress, I could see him falling, which is insane to me. But a lot of people are just not that high on him. So I was while you guys were talking, I pulled up a couple other ones. A guy that I forgot, my guy Michael Pittman. I did the, the draft profile on him for Dynasty Nerds, and I've fallen in love with this kid. So he came in with a 79 and 2-8 swing span, which I think is pretty good for him. He's a possession wide receiver all day. But so did Donovan People-Jones. So that's what I wanted to bring that up real quick. Because, again, it, <laughs> it, it, people are sleeping on him this kid's going to run fast. Like the difference between him and Pittman is Pittman's not a fast player. He's just one of those really reliable, I think, possession wide receivers. But dang, man, Donovan People Jones is going to be good. And then I got to throw out my guy, Isaiah Hodgins. So you were, you were, you brought up, uh, um, who was it? Ayuk, and that he had an 80 wingspan, right? And everybody was yeah. freaking out about it on Twitter. I saw the eyeball emojis and everything on it. Isaiah Hodgins. 80 and 4 eighths wingspan. I am telling you, this kid is going to be a stud. He is my favorite prospect in this entire class. And I really need to stop talking about him because he's a guy that, and all the ADPs that I've seen, he's going like late, uh, late second, early third round. And I'm hoping it stays that way because I've got a lot of picks in that area. And I really, really want to be able to get this kid everywhere I go. Like, I know I'm going to have to draft him in the first round now in the leagues I'm with Dennis because I know Dennis is going to try and grab him, especially after yeah. I stole. Stole Bryce Love from him I, in a couple leagues, so I got him in the third round of that mock draft yeah, I did for football diehards, man. That was crazy. Insane, man. I, I just I think it's because a lot of people again, I know Pac twelve, a lot of people don't pay attention to the Pac twelve because their game starts so late and they, he was on Oregon State, which was just a god awful team. Uh so I think that's part of it as well. But I, this kid, I, I would I'm I'm probably gonna regret saying this. I would stake my reputation on this kid being good. Like I, I feel like he, he's gonna be my Philip Lindsay of this well, year. Stake something valuable. 
Well, that's probably true. I, I mean, I don't have much else valuable to me, really. So I, I stake my, uh, I, I don't know. I ain't got nothing. I don't have much money to my name because my wife spends it all. So love you. And I'm sure she's not going to listen to this anyway. So, uh, I mean, we've kind of talked a lot about the guys. Uh, wide receivers, not really anything to talk about stock-wise. Uh, so tight ends. Are there any tight ends for you guys that you're excited to watch this weekend? We'll let, uh, I'll have uh, Matt, you go first. There's nobody uh, huge that really jumps out to me, uh, but kind of curious to see how the class develops. Dennis, yeah, you got I, any guys that we just I talked about? I want to see some. how Cole Komet moves because he, he's Cole Komet is kind of the 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 two way guy in this whole process. He's a big guy, he decent receiver. If if he's if he can show some flexibility, some hip turn, get around some be a decent hand catcher, you know, he might be the guy that, that can really come out of this. Uh, I, I'm a little bit concerned. I think Thad Moss is, I, I think a lot of people want him to be the receiver his dad was, but the dude is like 6'2 and 250. Uh, he doesn't have Randy Moss speed or Randy Moss hops. Uh, he's getting out while the getting's good. I think he's going to, I think he's going to drop down. Uh, some boards and be a later round, maybe an early day three pick. Uh, I, the uh, which which Bryant is it? Is it Hunter Bryant or Harrison Bryant that so many people are big on? They they uh, love his. It's actually mixed. A lot of people. It's 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 split between Hunter and Harrison. A lot of people like him. Harrison. Uh, we, we talked about at at FAU. Obviously, didn't play the higher end competition. And a lot of people like Hunter Bryant, but uh, he's uh, though I guess the one thing on him is that he's smaller. So a lot of people are kind of worried about what he can do at the uh, at the NFL level against bigger competition. You know, Parkinson came in. He's big. He's a six seven two sixty guy. So he, you know, he's kind of sort of reminds me of the Kyle Rudolph kind of player. Um, it, you know, there's some talent, but it, it, unless you're playing in a tight end premium league. You know, these guys, you're talking late second, third, fourth, fifth round picks. Uh, I wouldn't expect a tight end to go off very early unless one of them lands in a, a really prime spot, which off the top of my head, I can't really think of one. Uh, I know a lot of people want to say New England is a prime spot for a tight end, but it's only a prime spot for a tight end if the tight end plays like Gronk or, or Hernandez. You know, we, we've seen them win plenty of games using very pedestrian tight ends that are not involved much in the passing game. So uh, I wouldn't just chalk that up to thinking, oh, if you go to New England, you're gonna you're, you're already relevant. So, well, there's a lot of other questions I think too about New England's offense in general before you can get excited about anybody. That was kind of my feeling on this class a little bit though it didn't feel like it had kind of the marquee feel that the group of tight ends did last year but maybe somebody will establish themselves at the combine and get folks real excited yeah maybe we can have another mike gasicki uh show up and just blow everybody away at the combine i heard he's moving into a slot role this year from what i saw on twitter earlier today uh yeah there's a you know we talked about it obviously on friday dennis when we did the the tight end episode uh, we talked about our guys. I mean, I, I do think this class has some guys that could surprise, uh, but I'm with you. I don't think anybody goes in the first round. I actually wouldn't be surprised if I would say maybe Komet 
going in the second round in one of the Bryants. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these guys are, are round three, four picks. doesn't mean they're going to be bad, though. And and there are a couple guys that I would take a shot on in fantasy. Uh, some of the guys that I'm interested in seeing, Jacob Breeland. Now, I don't know if he's going to participate in any of the drills. As I said Friday, he did tear his ACL earlier in the year. So I'd be, I'd be surprised if he actually participates in any of the drills. Uh, but I'm interested in both Bryants, Harrison and George Hunter. George Kittle would participate. Well, that's because George Kittle is a man <laughs> among boys. That's why. Uh, uh, Cole Komet, as you mentioned, uh, my guy Jared Pinckney, uh, I've been huge on him out of Vanderbilt. And then uh, you mentioned him just a minute ago, came in pretty big, Colby Parkinson. He's a guy that I think uh, could be something, but again, I think I'm interested just to see what he does. I'm not going to read too much into this as we've all kind of touched on here. This class, is it's got its question marks for sure. So that that covers it for most of our guys. Uh, last question, although I kind of answered it earlier, at least on my side. Uh, who do you guys think runs the fastest? The biggest question, as Matt brought up earlier, is it really seems to be down between Rager and Ruggs. So real quick before we cut, cut out of here, who do you guys pick uh, to run the fastest, Jalen Rager or Henry Ruggs? I guess I'm going to go with uh, Rager, but I think the bigger question for me is can Rich Eisen top his his 40 time? I'm I'm waiting to see Garrett Price's 40 time myself. <laughs> oh, is he going to run it? Is he running it? Uh, I don't, uh, he was joking around on Saturday about running one out there. Oh, gotcha. Um, you, you know, it's it's tough to t- it's it's tough. It's a coin flip. In my estimation, you know, there, there's going to be, I think there's going to be probably three or four guys that put pressure on the four, high four threes. You know, but it, it's, uh, if I had to bet, I guess I'd bet Rager. Oh, I'm, I'm going Rager and I'm going sub four three for Rager. I'm telling you right now. This wow. that, that kid's going to ball out. I think Ruggs is going to be close to him, but I think Rager is going to. I've, I follow him on Twitter, and he, he's clearly letting all the hate for his game and what he did last year at TCU fuel him, and I think he's going to come out and blow some people away at this combine. So I'm excited to excited, excited to see him go at it. Uh, so that'll do it for us today. Matt, Dennis, thank you guys so much for jumping on and uh, talking some combine with me. I'm looking forward, Matt, to talking to you on Thursday while probably, no, the combine won't be on, but Dennis, when we talk Friday, the combine will be going, so we can definitely do some talking and watching the combine on Friday, talking about our running backs as they're probably running on Friday, so I'm excited to get that going. (laughs) You guys have yourselves a good couple days, and I'll talk to you guys again soon. Right on. Yep, talk to you later. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall line already. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me.